What's going on, Dominator Nation? What does it take to perform at a high level, to succeed, to have that tenacity, that drive to overcome every single obstacle, to crush every opposition, to push through adversity? Well, in this episode, I asked those kinds of questions to Coach Michael Burt, who is one of the top coaches in the world. He went from being a basketball coach, winning in that, passionate about that, to coaching some of the top business people, entrepreneurs, and influencers in the world. And in this episode, he's going to go deep as we discuss how you can activate your prey drive to take your life, your brand, and your business to a whole nother level. Turn the volume up. Make sure you take notes because Coach Michael Burt is about to bring the fire. Check it out. Hey, I'm Coach Michael Burt, and you're listening to the Brand Domination Show with AJ Adams. Welcome to another epic episode of the Brand Domination Show with your host, entrepreneur, social media influencer, and magnetic brand expert, AJ Adams. Every week, we bring you strategies from top entrepreneurs and influencers to help you stop competing and start dominating in your life and business. Now, crank up the volume and prepare to dominate. All right, Dominator Nation, welcome to yet another epic episode of the Brand Domination Show. And I'm excited today because we've got one of the top coaches in the world on the show today uh, who's going to drop a ton of value to help you uh, take your business to the next level, take your life to the next level, uh, become a, a whole person and unlock what he calls the prey drive. And we're going to dig into that. Uh, welcome to the show, uh, Coach Michael Burt. Absolutely. Thanks for having me today, man. It's gonna, if we can accomplish those things, it's going to be a good show. Absolutely. Well, I'm excited because I, uh, I found out about you uh, probably a couple, uh, about a couple of years ago, and then you came out to uh, the Phoenix area, I think it was last, maybe last January, uh, sometime after, I think it was after like 10X GrowthCon, um, yes. and you did, you held a private event, and I remember there was someone I was connected to on Facebook who was really enthusiastic, one of your, uh, uh, like Pat Flynn calls super fans. And she was like, you got to come to this event. So we went to the event and you just gave a ton of value. I was really tuned into how you were delivering and what you're doing uh, and got a lot of value from it. So let's, let's jump in first to something that a lot of people don't seem, uh, that I interact with don't seem to really understand. You're one of the top coaches, but a lot of people don't get the, why they should have a coach in their life. And I know that's one of the things that uh, you've talked about. What's, what's one of the, the real, why, why is it so important to invest in yourself by having a coach? It's really hard for people to understand first to invest in themselves. Right. I mean, you, you know, like I was talking to a young kid today that goes to High Point University. He wants to be a coach. You know, he, he got 15 minutes of my time. And I said, the best thing you can do is come to my coaching summit where I will show you everything I've learned the last you know, 18 to 20 years building a multi-million dollar coaching business. But, but it's going to be 5,000 for you to come, right? But you're going to get more than 5,000 worth of value. Now, I ask him a hard question, where are you going to get that $5,000? And yeah. that, oh, I can get it here, here. Well, many people don't understand. Take my example. I have a seven-year-old daughter, for example. And we pay for her to have gymnastics coaching. We pay for her to be in basketball leagues. We pay for her to get horse riding lessons. And what right. they do at those places is they skill her up. They give her skills she don't have, which accelerates her path. Then at some point, so, so people have no problem spending money on their kids to skill up. But when it comes to spending money on their own self, for some convoluted reason, they believe it's an expense. 
They, they, they don't right. see it as the, when you make money, the first place you should invest that money is in your own self, then in your business, then in your wealth building strategy. So we have a coaching program uh, and we know how many people need a coach, but how many people that won't spend 1500 bucks for a year's worth of coaching. They won't buy a book. They won't go to a seminar. They won't come to 10 X like you did. They won't, they won't even come to take the effort to come to what you came to in Phoenix that night. So right. I think people, people misunderstand why you need a coach. They think it's a sign of weakness. But the reality is name any top performer, any top Olympian, any top athlete, any top celebrity, any top artist that doesn't have someone coaching them. I mean, even Absolutely. Bill Campbell, even the guys at Google had Bill Campbell. I mean, I mean, you know, so, so I always say if it's good enough for you, if it's good enough for them, why wouldn't it be good enough for you? Absolutely. Uh, and I totally agree. I, some of the, the biggest breakthroughs that I've had in life and business always came from mentorship and coaching and like you said, most people aren't willing to invest in a coach. They'll invest in coach, you know, a bag or, uh, you know, some expensive piece of uh, apparel that doesn't do anything for them, but they won't invest in a coach who can really pull things out of them uh, for fear, for whatever the reason is. So you're, you've been coaching for a very long time uh, and you started out uh, coaching in athletics. How did you make that transition and why did you make the transition into coaching uh, in the entrepreneur space and, and business leaders? Yeah, I'm glad you asked that question. It gives me a chance to plug my new book called Single Digit Millionaire. And I, I have a book where it, the, it's called Single Digit Millionaire. And you might ask yourself, well, why, do you, why would you only want to be a single digit millionaire? The, the purpose of the book is that you can't be a double digit millionaire until you're first a single digit millionaire. Right. right. And so the subtitles from high school basketball coach to millionaire. And so I was doing a lot of, I would say, unique things. I know everybody thinks they're unique, but I studied under a guy named Dr. Stephen Covey. Covey taught the whole person theory, body, mind, heart, and spirit. I was actually learning that at about 18 years old, from 18 to 25, and I studied it at a very deep level. I really understood the whole person theory, and I began coaching my high school basketball players through that theory. The body's need is to live, the mind's need is to learn, the heart's need is to love, the spirit's needs to leave a legacy, connect to higher power. And so I was coaching players through this whole person theory. And what happened is we begin to win a lot of games. We begin to build what I would consider a competitive intelligence. My players were smarter than other people's players. They were more connected, they had deeper buy-in, they had higher emotional trust with each other and me. So when people would come watch us play, they were constantly going like, man, what are you doing with these kids? Yeah. It's ridiculous. The way they respond to you, the way they, you know, the biology teacher was coming down to my office going, man, what are you doing? These kids love playing for you. They, they will work hard for you They're, You know, and I said, well, I'm coaching the whole person. Well, so mm. many people begin to ask me that question that I said, uh, maybe there's something here. Maybe I need to explain it. So I started writing books about how I was winning and how I was doing it. Now I had no intention whatsoever of doing what I do today. My, right. my career path was to be a championship high school basketball coach, then go to college and be the next Gino Ariyama, be the next Pat Summit because I live in Tennessee, to be the next major college basketball. That's what I wanted to do. Like my, yeah. dream, my dream was so clear to me. And then I wrote this first little book when I was 25 and companies started to call me and they said, hey, you're, you know, you're a top motivator. We, our people need motivation. Will you come out and speak to our people? I didn't realize it at the time. What I was really doing was going out and activating the prey drive in their people. And they kept using words like, can you get more out of these people? We're not hitting their goals. We're underperforming. Can you get them to a higher level? Can you get them to a higher frequency? And I would go in and take the same concepts I was using with my basketball team. Right. Tweak them some and teach these adults. Well, 
they begin paying me more in an hour than I was making in a whole month. You know, I was yep. working 320 hours as a high school basketball coach, making 2,500 bucks a month. And I loved it, but I would go speak at Dell computers or state farm insurance or some big company. And man, in, a, in less than an hour, they pay me more than I made in a whole month. So I started thinking maybe this, maybe I could do this. Maybe I'm a level 10 dude stuck in a level four opportunity. Mm, wow. So, so I stayed, I stayed though until I won a championship and built this national powerhouse. And then I retired from athletic coaching at 31 to, to build, you know, multi-million dollar coaching business. And all we do every day, all day, every day is coach companies and individuals to activate the prey drive, explain their services in better ways, work selling systems, follow up more appropriately, how to get 5.7 referrals and ultimately how to become people of interest. Wow, that's powerful, and I lo I love that you that you say that about you explain the transition about how you became a coach, and then next I want to jump into the prey drive because I'm really intrigued about what that is, and though that's going to bring a ton of value for our, our audience. When you made the transition, you became a coach because you saw that what you were doing was working and was getting the attention of other people who saw that it was working and there was a demand for you, and that's the same way that I transitioned to start coaching as well. But there are a lot of people who now, especially with social media and the online space, so many coaches popping up, uh, people who are, how do you determine if, let me make sure I phrase the question right, who should become a coach? Because there are a lot of people who feel they're qualified, but how do you really know if you're qualified? Because I know there are people listening right now who, like you, are level 10 people, they're in a level four opportunity, and they should be stepping up and, and going for it. You know, I, I, I want to go back to, to my talk at 10X uh, because I talked about things in decades. Okay, right. Decade one is, uh, you know, 10 years of you refining a primary skill. You know, this young kid that wants to coach, it's 18 or 19 years old. He, he said, what have I got to do? Well, the first thing you got to do is, is, is find, hone, refine, nurture a primary skill. Right. Okay? When you have a primary skill, my primary skill is activating the prey drive in people through the whole person theory. And I learned that by doing it for a decade as a championship women's basketball coach. Now, what if I told you, Dave, I, I was the, uh, the, the, the losingest coach in the world, you know, that, <laughs> I, that you, you'd be saying, well, man, this dude don't need to coach me because he don't know how to win. Right. So, so, so I like you need a primary skill. You need to know you need to have a demonstrated capacity of doing something. Mm. Okay. And, and so my concept is I had a demonstrated capacity of activating the prey drive in people through teams, you know, both in the athletic world and in the, in the business world. Then I had a demonstrated capacity to build a multi-million dollar company. Then I have a demonstrated capacity of buying millions of dollars of real estate and using real estate for these unique destinations. So I only coach people in what I'm qualified to coach people in. I love that. You know, the big problem I see with lots of young coaches is that they really haven't mastered a primary skill. You know, mm -hmm. it's the real estate agent that's trying to coach other real estate agents when he or she hasn't really built a successful real estate business. Right. You see what I'm saying? Like, like you need to do it and then you need to tell other people how to do it. You don't need to tell other people how to do it before you've done it. And I think that's part of the problem is that also the problem is with coaching companies that want to scale out. So they hire a bunch of coaches, you know, there's a downline of coaches. And the, re the problem is now you're just getting people to regurgitate content. They right. haven't actually been successful. So we get a lot of people that said, you know, we had a coach, but the coach really hadn't done anything. Mm -hmm. and they were trying to tell us how to do it. And we just thought it was 
it wasn't a good fit. So I think I think that's de demonstrated capacity is the key word you need to remember there. Absolutely, I love that. And with the clients I work with, I, I tell them you you do what you sell and you sell what you've done. And I, but I love how you phrase it, demonstrated capacity, uh, because that's that's the key part that's missing. So many people, well, I can coach you to do this and this because I took a course by such and such person. Well, where's the demonstration of that capacity, not just the regurgitating of the theory of it? So I want to, you mentioned the prey drive, but you also mentioned the whole person theory. And I want to make sure the audience understands how those work together because it sounds like they, they do work together. So let's dive into those. Uh, I mean, which one should we dive into first? Which well, let's dive into the whole person theory first. Okay. Because then the prey drive will make more sense. The, you know, basically what Covey said many years ago, this was back before it was mainstream. It was very fringy when he said this, like bringing the spiritual piece into the workplace, like, like it, was, right. it was way out there in, in 1989 when Covey was talking about these things. But he said over the next two decades, this will become mainstream, and he was right. What he was basically saying was that people were made up of four parts, a body, a mind, a heart, and a spirit. Each of these parts produce four different needs, four different intelligences, four different capacities, four different dimensions. A whole person, is operating at a very high frequency in all four parts. Okay, does that make sense? Right, so, makes sense. So, so when I'm coaching a person, these four parts manifest four skill sets. Knowledge for the mind, skill for the body, desire for the heart, confidence for the spirit. When you're coaching any person on planet Earth, they are most likely either deficient in one of those four areas or they need work in one of those four areas. So if you came to me and you said, look, I want to make more money this year than I did last year. Hmm. Here's what I did. And I, and I would go straight to the whole person. Okay. There's a good chance you need to gain something in one of these four areas. Either you need knowledge that you don't currently have, right? Like, like, you know, that you, that you haven't figured out how to do it. So you don't have the right knowledge or you need to enhance your skill sets. And this is one of the number one things people need to do. I heard Oren Claff say this this weekend, money doesn't buy freedom skills buys freedom hmm. because the stronger your skills are, the more money you're going to make, the more freedom. Right. You have. So what you really should be refining is your skill set. Okay. So, so you got knowledge for the mind, skill for the body, desire or pray drive for the heart. The heart's need is to love and be loved. It's where passion, compassion, drive, energy comes from. So, so desire for the heart and confidence for the spirit. So I would ask you, what good is it to have knowledge with no desire? Yeah. Right? What good is it to have skill with no confidence? What good but is you it won't execute? Yeah. What good is it to have confidence with no skill? Right. Right. So, so when I'm coaching a person, what I'm trying to do is quickly diagnose where they're deficient, where their missing structure is. Hmm. Okay. This dude's missing structure is knowledge. This dude is desire. This dude is skill. This dude is confidence. And I'm coaching them. Now, the whole purpose of the coaching is to activate the prey drive. And the prey drive is prevalent in animals, specifically dogs. Dogs have a prey drive. This is where the concept chiefly came from, is that a prey drive in a dog is a dog's instinctual ability to find, capture, and kill prey. Now, when I saw that, I learned this from an obscure psychologist named Bob Samir. I don't even know if he's a real psychologist. He was in the Vietnam War and he worked in the war dog division of the military, which means he woke up every morning and his job was to go with a dog into the jungle and sniff out 
trap, booby traps, bombs, ambushes. Now imagine if that was your job every day. You wake up in the middle of a jungle, wow. right? You, there's no light, there's no nothing. And the only thing you got is that dog. And that dog is trained to go out and find problems, like to sniff out booby trap. And he would go ahead of the infantry, ahead of everybody else. So he said, when he came home from the war, that, that dogs have a prey drive. But he believed that humans have a prey drive. And I, I want, so when I heard that, I'm like, that's what I've been doing my whole career is I have been activating, not motivating. There's a big difference between a motivator and an activator. Right. And I said, what I've been doing my whole life since the time I was 15 years old is actually activating this drive in people. And it's taken, I look at my wife, my wife did drugs every single day from 21 to 24. Hmm. I didn't know her during that period. She didn't have any direction. She didn't have any coaching. She was hanging around all kinds of shady people. She was really going nowhere. And she, her company paid for her to come to one of my workshops on my book, This Ain't No Practice Life. It's the first self-help book she'd ever read. She reads a self-help book. She comes back two weeks later with the book. She's like, oh my God, nobody's ever talked to me about these things. Nobody's ever talked to me about my potential. So what happened? My wife, her prey drive was activated. Now my wife has wrote her own book. Now she's wow. doing her own conferences. Now she's coaching women. Now she's going to a Rachel Hollis conference this weekend. Now my wife is interested, right? Now she's 39 years old. Uh, we're about to have a new baby boy. And she- Oh, congrats. She, she, thank you. She's, she's, her prey drive is activated. So this can be activated in people. Now this is interesting because once you activate it, it, it is an instinctual ability to see something with the mind or the eyes and have the guts to go get it. And hmm. there's three parts of it. There's activation, there's persistence, and there's intensity. So a good coach knows how to find the activators of prey drive. So let me, let me ask you a question. When you think about your prey drive, you're a highly motivated person. You're out there doing it, right? You're, you want to do big things in the world. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to give you five things and you tell me which one of these activates your drive the most. One, competition. Two, fear of loss, fear of losing everything that you've worked hard to gain. Three, inspired by others. When you get around other big time people, your prey drive is activated. Four, environment. You're in an environment where you can thrive in. It's a high prey drive environment. It's pushing you to be better. Or five, embarrassment. When you're personally embarrassed by, by your own performance because you know how much more you can go. Out of those five, what would you say is the primary activator of your prey drive? I'd have to say it's the fear of loss. Okay, good. See, I knew I liked you. That's mine too. <laughs> And a lot of people ask me, well, is it not competition? I mean, you're a championship coach. Are you not motivated to be number one? Not really. Yeah. Because being number one is subjective. I mean, mm. I mean, I mean, being number one, like my number one guy is different from your number one guy. You, you know, you, you may like Cardone. I may like my lead. Somebody may like Grover. Somebody may like story. Somebody may like, like, like being number one is subjective unless you're in sports, a sports environment. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you could be number one, the number one real estate person. You could be the number one mortgage person. You could be the number one insurer at your company, but there may be somebody else who's the number one in the region or in the yeah. world. So, so I'm actually more motivated by waking up in the morning, surveying what, what, what I have, right? Surveying what I've got, good life, good family, nice houses, jet, you know, great employees. Like, like I don't want to lose those things, man. That motivates me. That activates my drive every morning. Like, man, I've built a good life. I've worked yeah, absolutely. 25 years of my life to build this. I don't want to lose it, man. And I know what takes years to build up can take seconds to tear down. Like I am fully aware 
that it all goes to zero at midnight. I'm fully aware mm. that we've got to go to bed tired and wake up hungry. So that's prey drive. And, and here's what I would tell you. Most people have never activated it. They don't know how to activate it. Yeah. So they're just kind of going along about life like this. They can't figure out why 2020 will be no different than 2019. They're getting the same results. They're making the same money. They're living in the same house. They're going on the same vacations. But once that prey drive is activated, it's over, man. Now, some people may not keep a persistence or intensity to it. They, it flickers. But, but, but right. a, good, a good coach is a specialist at activating this drive. That's powerful. I, I can, as you talk about that, I can see where my prey drive was activated. And I remember it was sitting in the, the parking lot of a Taco Bell restaurant when I had just moved my family to California, my wife and two daughters, and my card was declined trying to buy tacos for lunch. Yes. And that's when I realized I need to take control of my life. And that's when everything started, started on the trajectory of changing. And I want to ask this question as you were talking, uh, the prey drive, because the prey drive I know it, once it's activated, it from listening to you and thinking about my own life, it's powerful. But how do you maintain that persistence? Because say you, you take a lot of hits, if you have a lot of losses, you just go through a rough season. I know I've gone through that. How do you keep it alive or reactivate it, bring it back? Yeah, it's a great question. And, and this is a big problem for a lot of people is some people can flip it on. Like I, I see something that inspires me. I go to a conference and I get motivated. Right. Very few people have the persistence or the intensity that it takes to keep it going. And so you say, how do you do this? My argument is going to be, if you have a great coach, they're going to consistently reactivate the prey drive. The prey drive goes dormant for two reasons. One, your basic needs are met. If you study any motivational theory in the world, why people are motivated, every, everyone says basically the same thing. We move toward things we want biologically, physiologically, right? If like, if I'm hungry, I'll go looking for food. If I, if I want companionship or if I, if I want love, I go looking for companionship. If I want attention, I do something to get attention that cause I'm motivated cause I want something. Well, right. what, happens, what happens when your when your wants are met? What happens hmm. when you make a good living and you got a nice car and you got a nice family and everything's rolling good. What ha the number one thing that happens is you lose all your prey drive. That is actually a suppressor of prey drive because man, I, wow. I got a good, like, like I was coaching an insurance guy and we have this individual coaching program has three or 400 people in it. And, and this insurance guy comes to me, he lives in my city, which is about 30 minutes outside of Nashville. And he said, man, I'm making 250,000 a year. I don't have to work that hard. I got a good wife. I got a good kid. Like, man, what, what more do you want? Like, 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 is there more out there? And I'm like, well, yeah, man. Like, like, why would you think, like, see, all of his basic needs are met. So he let himself get out of shape physically. You know, he, he just, right. he, he's just not, he, he don't get it. And the concept is it ain't about the 250 or the 500 or the million. It's about you versus your own potential. So mm. my theory is simple. It all goes to zero at midnight. I don't care how much money I've got. It all goes to zero. I go to bed tired and I wake up hungry. I, I believe there comes a time when winter asks what I did all spring and summer. And winter's coming, right. you ready for it or not. You know, here, here's a true story, and I haven't shared this with anybody, but we we had we changed accounting firms a few times last year, and we couldn't quite get our accounting going the way I wanted it to, and it was really because one person came in and kind of screwed everything up, hmm. and um, and so we brought in another accounting firm who did, did an audit, and I remember taking this meeting out in my lodge out in Tennessee, this beautiful lodge that's out of 23 acres, and the accountant sat down with my team, and she says, Coach, we can't find seven hundred thousand dollars wow and i'm like 
come again? Like, 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 what do you mean? Like somebody stole it? Like we can't find $700,000. And she said, no, we don't think anybody stole it. But, but because of an accounting error that happened back in November of last year, many of your customers have not been paying. Oh, wow. Okay. Like, like it's been, it's been showing you that it's running their credit card, but it ain't running their credit card. And so because of that, there's $700,000 out here that you, that, that you're missing. Mm. That, that that's yours. And my new president of my company said to me one day, uh, she said, you know, what's most impressive about what it is you've built. And I said, no, what is that? She said, you push so hard that, that you, you didn't even miss $700,000. Like, 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 <laughs> like you push so hard. It didn't even affect you. Like it didn't right. change your style. It didn't. And, and my point is, I, I said, man, that is a compliment. I said, I, I said, I hate that we had to figure out that we didn't have a 700,000, but we found it. We got it down. We're still collecting the money. I mean, most of it's going to come in. But the right. reality is, her point was, that's prey dry. So when I was a basketball coach, mm. when I was a basketball coach, uh, I, would, I, would, I would win a game on Tuesday night. The newspapers would come out on Wednesday. We'd talk about how great we were. And we're number one in Tennessee and number this in the country. And, and our players would read it. And then they would have a lazy practice on Thursday, right? Or Wednesday, right. Thursday. And then we get beat on Friday night. And then we all go through this whole depression and everybody would get mad all because we, we bought our own hype. We, we read our own prep, right? Like it, it suppressed our prey drive. And because of my background of being a coach, that's why I never get complacent, man. I know yeah. that everything I've got can be lost tomorrow. And most people do not have this. So a good coach, you need a good coach in your life who will constantly reactivate that prey drive. And if I, and if you were, you know, one of my coaching people, I'd say, man, you, you're playing too small. Yeah. You know, like, like you need a person in your life to reactivate it. So having everything you want is a, is a, is a suppressor prey drive and not having a person in your life to help you reactivate it over and over and over. Cause, cause it does need to be reactivated. Yeah, absolutely. And I can, I can see that. I, cause I came from, I came from nothing. I started, started with nothing and the fear, and this is the interesting thing, as you mentioned, fear of loss. And I was, I was thinking through it, the fear of loss, uh, for those of our Dominator Nation, you're listening, uh, is also when you start with nothing. Uh, and that's, that's interesting to me because I didn't have really anything to lose. My, my fear was in, in always having nothing. Yeah. So can we dig into that for a second yeah, and how, how that fear you, of loss? As you were telling that story, I was thinking about Michael Irvin. Michael Irvin spoke at a conference after me in Dallas this past year, and he was talking about how the media always built him up as Michael Irvin was afraid of nothing. He was, the t he was afraid of nothing in the world, like mm -hmm. Michael Irvin, right? And he said, but what they did know is I was afraid of one thing, and I was, I was afraid of getting hit by Ronnie Lott. Because <laughs> Ronnie Lott back in the day would just crush people. He played for the San Francisco 49ers. He would just, he was a linebacker that would just crush people. And, and Michael Irvin said, every time I was in that huddle and they said slant route, slant route Irvin, I knew I was going to run across the middle of the field, catch the football, and, Michael, and, and Ronnie Lott was going to just crush me. And he said, hmm. it scared me to death. It absolutely scared me to death. He said, but it didn't scare me as much as going back to where I came from. Yeah. Okay. Now here's a point he's saying, he said, I knew how much money they were paying me to catch that football. And although I knew I was going to get hit and it was going to hurt and that was a fear, it was not as a big a fear as me going back to where I was raised of not mm. having a 
So sometimes when you have a fear, you need a bigger fear. Like, I don't want to go back, right? I don't want to go back. And that's kind of fear of loss is, is once you, once you taste something, you know, Maxwell always said, once you taste significance, success will never satisfy you. Right. Once you taste something good, man, once you fly on that private jet one time with me, you ain't ever going to want to go back. <laughs> any other way. Let me tell you something. It, 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 like once you, once you do it, it's like, oh my gosh, man, there's a whole nother world. Like my wife went to a, a visioneering party yesterday where 20 women got together and was talking about what they want to do in 2020. And she came back and she was kind of frustrated. And I was like, how'd it go, sweetheart? She's like, well, you know, I said, she's like, man, I was just thinking so much bigger than those other women. She's like, they were one of, you know, their biggest goal was to go to Disney World this year. She said, my biggest goal was to fly private everywhere I go. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, uh, yeah, but, but here's the deal. It's the same little country girl from West Tennessee that had yeah. never been on an airplane that is now thinking about flying private everywhere. So my point is, that is kind of the concept of fear of loss is once you taste the good stuff, you don't ever want to go back to the cheap stuff, man. Yeah, absolutely. So my question with that is, because that, that, that's, that's true. I'm that type of person who... Uh, I always want to push harder. Whatever I accomplish, I want to accomplish more because I know that if I ever stop pushing, then I start sliding. If I'm not progressing forward, I'm sliding back. You know, my my health right now, I'm I'm, I'm doing a 90 day challenge for myself to take my health to the next level because I know in those 90 days it'll become a habit and it'll just continue on from there. But when you have someone who they're not thinking big because there have been so many failures, there've been so many losses, and say for example, their goal is, look, I just want to pay my bills. How do you, I believe you have to think beyond that. Yeah. Otherwise you won't, but you may not even hit that small goal. So how do you in, inspire, motivate someone to think bigger on a bigger level? Yeah. It comes down to one word, exposure. Mm. You know, I grew up in a small town. We vacationed in the same place every year. We stayed in the same Best Western because it had an indoor swimming pool. I never got on an airplane. I never went to a big city. So I wasn't exposed to a lot of big think. And I remember the first time going to Chicago or to New York City or to LA or to Miami and just feeling the energy and going, man, this is so different than, than where I was raised. Like right. now, now I've seen something. Now I'm coming back to my town going, hey, we need to be going. The, the, the people move faster in Nashville than they do in my city. And they move faster in Chicago than they do in Nashville. And they move faster in New York City than they do in Chicago. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah, like, absolutely. Like, like the key word you're looking for is exposure. Okay. How do I expose you to something? How do I enlighten? The word enlighten means to shine light on darkness. How do I show you something that, 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 will, that will activate a thirst and hunger for you? Okay. I think about a real estate agent that we coach is one of my greatest success stories. When I started coaching him, he was doing 45 deals a year. He had never done more than 45. He had zero interest in doing more than 45. He, he was a partier. He, he wanted to play. He wanted to wow. go off. He wanted to do 45 deals. He wasn't interested at all. And I began coaching this dude and he would just sit there and look at me and I would leave there many times going, man, this dude is not getting one thing that I'm saying, mm -hmm. but he was, he was internalizing it. That same dude did 160 deals this year. Wow. He made $600,000. He, he went from number 43 to number four in our market. And he will, be, he will become number one. So what happened? Prey drive was activated. He don't want to go back. He was exposed to something new. Now, let me tell you what happens when, when, the, when you get the exposure. He's driving a nicer car. He's living in a, a better house. He even, even found a way to pick up a good-looking woman. So, so <laughs> here's my point. 
My point is now his confidence is up here. Now he's studying sales every day. So to me, the word there is exposure. How do I expose you to something? My Angelo said, when we know better, we do better. But we can't do better until we know better. So I spend a lot of my time trying to expose people to a better way of living. It starts with my own employees. How do I expose you to a higher frequency? How do I show you how to live a better life? How do I show you how to send your kids to better schools? How do I, like, like I got to show you because you don't know, just like people showed me. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, well, I, I love that, just the simplicity in that, just exposure. And exposure, I mean, I know I've heard of people creating vision boards. Uh, I used to watch, watch documentaries or drive around the neighborhood with the houses that I want to live in. Or uh, sometimes when I've traveled, I'll, if it's, makes a, if it's smart and I can get a deal on it, I'll rent a high-end car and drive that around to the conference so I can have that experience. And I, it sets a new bar for, for where I want to be. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you're, I think when you don't know, I was in North Carolina uh, with some new clients not long ago and I was staying right across from a restaurant we were going to eat at nice steakhouse, Ruth crisp steakhouse. We're going to have dinner there and talk business. And I was literally right across the street from the, the restaurant. And so the owner of the company said, I want to come pick you up. And I said, you know, no, you don't have to pick me up. Like it's right across the street. Like I'll just walk over and meet you. And he's like, no, 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 I insist. I got to pick you up. Well, he wanted to pick me up because he had this, this incredible Range Rover <laughs> that I got to ride in. Now, here's what's interesting. I get in this Range Rover that's beautiful. And this dude is so cool and he's done so much. And my president of the company is with me and, and she, and we get in this Range Rover. having a Range Rover. Okay. Until I told her this one thing. Right. And, and so I come back and I, and I, and I, and I show her, I come back and I, and I show her and I said, let's go check out these Range Rovers. Right. So we go check these Range Rovers out. My wife gets in a white one and within five minutes, she's like, I love it. We got to have it. Right? Now <laughs> here's the deal. We were exposed to something we hadn't had before because we drove right. Denali's, you know, those type vehicles. And so that's key, man. When you get exposed to something new, it's like, man, this is good. I like this. This is, yeah. I, I'm going to move toward this. Yeah. Absolutely. I love that. I love it. Well, you coach, you dropped a, a ton of value and I, I love the concept of the prey drive. Uh, I know I'm going to pick up the book. So I want to ask where, where can we pick up the book? Where can our audience go to grab a copy of the book? Sure. Right now I've got 15, 15 books out in the market. You could purchase all of those at coachbert.com. It's probably the, and, and it'll beat Amazon. Like I think they're 10 bucks at my, my site. You can pre-order the new book, Single Digit Millionaire, which is about transition. How do you build a primary skill? How do you uh, spend a decade working on that skill? How do you get compensated at a, excuse me, at a higher frequency? Or, or you could see any of our coaching programs. My main coaching program right now is just $14.97, and that's for the entire year. It's one payment of $14.97, but it includes a full year of coaching from me, nobody else. And you also get two days at my boot camp where you get to spend two days with me at the lodge, breaking down the entire system that I teach people. So it's a pretty good deal. Uh, we do retreats around the country with big time people. I'm going on tour this year with Tim Story and Sharon Lecter. Who basically wow. Look, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. We're going to be in eight or nine major cities. So if you go to coachbird.com, you can see all of that. And I look forward to seeing what I like your energy, man. You got good energy. You got, I appreciate you got it. Got a good presence. And more importantly, you got a good story. And I think that what's going to take you a long way in the world because you, you, you've been there 
and now you're getting here. And that that's what people need to know, how to go from you sitting in that parking lot at Taco Bell, making that decision to where you are today. That's what people need to know. I appreciate that. I appreciate it. Well, Coach Burr, we appreciate you. Thank you for coming on the show. Uh, I always like to end with this last question because this is the brand domination show, dominating your life, brand and business. What's next for you? We're at the beginning of 2020. What's the next level of domination for you? Domination for me is, is to do what my mentor Covey did. It's to become a global thought leader. It's to rank up there with the Robins and the Cardones and the Milets and the people of the world that I, that I look up to. I mean, I'm only 43 years old. Uh, 12 years ago, I was a high school basketball coach. So a lot of these guys have got a significant amount of time and experience on me. So I, I kind of like being an up and coming dude. I kind of <laughs> like the 10X being the guy nobody knew before I came and, and walking out of there with a lot of uh, friends and fans. Like I kind of like being like, that's, that's the dude you need to watch right there. You know, yeah. I, I, I kind of like being in that position, man. I kind of like the underdog. So my goal is to be as big as these, these guys are to, to really impact millions of people around the world. That's what drives me. I love it. Awesome. Well, Coach, we appreciate you. Guys, that's been the episode. Activate your prey drive, connect with Coach Burt, and we'll see you on the next episode of the Brand Domination Show. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode, and thank you for supporting the Brand Domination Show. Because of your written reviews, your five-star ratings, the Brand Domination Show not only has ranked in the top 100 podcasts on Apple, we actually hit number 42 of all marketing podcasts on Apple, and that's out of hundreds of thousands of podcasts. So Dominator Nation, you are amazing. And if you're new to the show or you haven't already left us a written review, please do so. Let us know what you think about the show so we can continue to bring you even more value from the top entrepreneurs and experts out there. Your support helps us reach more people out there who need real actionable tactics and value so that they can dominate in their life, their brand, and their business. Again, I appreciate you. Thank you for supporting the show. And Dominator Nation, keep dominating.